You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Jeremy Shear. The podcast is brought to you by Conversa, a hosting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects, grow brand awareness, and create. So if you're a marketing leader, I'm sure you've had this experience that you, you need help with writing and you turn to an agency or you look for some freelancers and you get a whole bunch of people who apply and then you hire someone and it turns out, yeah, they can write, but they're just okay. Not great. Not exactly what you were looking for. And I think that's because there's really a big difference between people who call themselves writers and people who are actually real professional writers. We're going to do a deep dive on that today. And here to help me do that deep dive is my guest today, Stella Shakic. Stella is a content creator and manager, and she specializes in written content. So Stella, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you so much for having me. And I want to greet all your listeners and viewers. And listeners, I should let you know, this is kind of a special occasion because this is Stella's first appearance on a podcast. Yeah. So if my if my voice is trembling a little bit, it's just because I'm so excited about the things I'm going to teach you. So Stella, let's just first start with what is a good writer? What does that mean to you? Well, a good writer is a person that will hear the things you're not saying. Okay? They will recognize an opportunity in spreading your word in various ways just by conversing with you. A good writer would always find an angle to approach a story, a different angle, a more exciting angle. A good writer will always be able to adapt that angle depending on the public, on the target audience. Actually, let's let's take a quick step back just to give our listeners a little context. Say a few words about the kind of work you do and who you do work for. Okay, so I have a small business called Ska Media. And I offer services through it to my clients, which are generally your B2B and B2C entrepreneurs. What I do most of the time, I do consulting. I do consulting because I think a lot of entrepreneurs need the consulting in the very beginning. But once they are comfortable working with me, what I do is I manage their whole content. So basically, if they have a website and they have a blog, I would update the blog. So basically what I do is I tender to their content. I manage it. I decide when to publish it, how long the articles should be in a case of a blog. And I do their social media for business web page, uh, business pages on social media for uh, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So basically, I've been doing posting over ads, so I'm kind of against ads because I see what regular posting and consistency can do. And what I do is I offer consulting on developing the idea around your blog. So if you are an expert in a tiny detail, you can still develop the same idea based on, let's say, 10 different aspects. Those 10 different aspects can be written in three different forms. And that's the kind of way you grow your content. Even if you're specialized in one single detail, you can always grow and expand your content. Right. Okay. So you're saying that a lot of people who are maybe not well-versed in marketing, they struggle with like, well, we already wrote about this. We already you know, shared our knowledge. 
what else is there to say? Or they feel weird about putting out more content on the same topic. Yeah, they, it feels repetitive to them. And then they feel like they're boring their audience. But what they don't understand is that algorithm never shows your content the same way and in same periods and to same people. So basically the consistent mm. and updating, the consistency and updating of the content is really a must. It's so necessary. Yeah, you know, I think there are some good statistics out there that whatever kind of audience you have on social media, for any given thing that you post, only a small percentage of that audience is going to see it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So meaning that you can post the same thing, maybe not literally the same post again and again, but the same basic idea, repurposed, rewritten a little bit. And it's not like the same exact people are going to see it and be like that again. You know, you're just repeating yourself. That's just not how it works. Exactly. That's that's what content making is like revolving around a single idea. If when you're when you're comfortable writing about one thing for the 10th time, because, you know, it's different, it has something fresh in it, then you are on your way to develop your content. But most people get stuck there. And especially if they write yeah, about okay. their own services, um, if they write about their own services and their own products, they're reluctant to write that those services and products are the best, you know, they're reluctant to tell you all the all the benefits that you get yeah. because they feel like they feel boastful. But there's no need for that. That's what that's what I fit in, and that's mm. what I do. I just go forward and just spread the awareness about your brand. You're doing your job. You're not thinking about the content, and still the traffic is coming. Yeah. So one then one mark of a really professional writer and tell me if you agree, is, is to be able to write about a topic in multiple ways and create multiple pieces of content on an ongoing basis about essentially the same thing. True. Yeah, I would agree. And so how do you do that? What, what's, your method for, what's your method for making that happen? Okay, for example, like I told you when you and I first met, as a blog article writer, I, was, I received just last year over 10 orders to write an article about top five exercises for lower back pain. It's a health and lifestyle client. So they have a blog and they want me to write. They, they, they leave everything up to me, the title, the angle. They just want, you know, basically the keyword is five top exercises for lower back pain. So what I do is I always take a different approach and my background other than being the content manager, I'm also a yoga teacher. So for example, one of those articles I wrote as a yoga teacher, keeping this in mind, just when you're doing the exercise, how to control the effect of the exercise with breathing. So we focus mainly on breathing and on generally the benefits of breathing throughout the day, not just during exercises, because the right way of breathing will help you. So for that one and the other one, for example, I know that lower back pain is connected with sciatica. So I wrote about sciatica and how, how, which exercises you do in those cases. So another article was for all people that have office jobs and sit a lot during what they do, or if they tend to children, little, ch small children, they're picking them up. So obviously with time, they will have pain in their lower back. So I took that angle, you know, so it's just, it depends on what you want to achieve, but basically 
everybody that Googles what to do when they have lower back pain, what they're going to do is they're going to describe it to Google. They will say, they will write in the Google search, they will write, which exercises do I do so that my back feels better when I'm going to sleep? You know, so next article you can take, oh, if your lower back pain is preventing you from sleeping and you've tried everything and the painkillers don't work, try these exercises. So, you know, how you get to those, they're never the same five exercises also. So they have to be updated, but whichever approach you can take Mm -hmm. so you can bring the, the solution closer to the reader, take it. So that's what I do. I think, I analyze, I do research, thorough research, and every single of my articles with the same keywords are completely different. Even the length, the structure, everything. So you have to have in mind all those details. Yeah. Which I think is another mark of a good writer, right? A good writer is not just an order taker waiting for instructions, you know, to be told what to do. A good writer is creative and has ideas for how to make for, for how to create the best content by doing research and 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 being creative and kind of thinking outside the box as it were even maybe a little bit beyond what the client tells you that they're going after yeah exactly yeah so why does in your opinion why does this matter you know why why is is it important for people to find really professional writers as opposed to people who are, you know, they're okay? Well, basically, you know yourself today, especially the younger people, they are, they all dream of overnight success. So if they get a A plus for their, I don't know, essay, they think they're writers. And I agree that there are individuals that are really young and really capable in that area because Another thing is they can read through the line between the lines. They hear what you're not telling. So when I'm trying to, when I'm consulting someone on their personal brand, first thing I ask them is how do you, what is, how is your approach different? It can be one single thing. It can be reaching out or waiting for them to reach out to you. It's, it's those little minute, just miniature differences are so important for your personal brand and for you to stand out. So what those writers who dream of overnight success, they don't listen to that. They all go by, let's say, a framework they've learned. And framework is, you know yourself, for example, on LinkedIn, there are millions and millions of posts with exact frameworks of what's going to work. But it doesn't work because your public, your target audience is not the same as of that person. Your language is not the same. People can feel when something is fake. So why is it important? It's important to to tell your truth because when someone really hears what you're not saying, extracts the important stuff that you are taking for granted because you are an expert. When I take that little detail and just make a story out of it, then I see, I see, you know, the light in their eyes. They're like, oh, so that's what you're talking about. But they couldn't figure out the single detail that separates them for themselves. Because you know yourself in the clutter of today's Mm. uh, posts and, you know, people trying to make it, it's really hard to to differentiate what's what's good and what's not. Uh, It takes time. Sorry. Yeah, you make a a couple of really good points there that it sounds like, you know, in, in, in your work with clients, you're not just a writer, but you're also almost like a brand strategist, right? Helping people 
understand like what's unique about their brand that that even they don't totally understand. Absolutely, yeah. And then what I do is I if if they hire me, if they're satisfied with it, I just build their story and they don't have to do anything. Like for example, when I told you the example when we mm-hmm. chatted first time about my client that's physical therapist, I I think yesterday was the post about him on LinkedIn. Anyway, he really wanted a blog and he he knows he can write it. He's a, he's a good writer, but he writes expert copy. So the one, the copy that only his peers will understand. So mm. he told the first thing he told me, I want the first blog article to be calcific tendinitis of the shoulder because 80% of my patients suffer from that. But then I told him, but they're not going to Google that. They're not going to find you through that. What is what are what are their symptoms? What, what what what's the side effect? Have they tried pills? So what they do basically when you have a frozen shoulder, which apparently I have after talking to him, I have it, but I would never said so. The the shoulder thing, people will Google my shoulder is aching, I can't sleep. So basically what you want to do, you want to answer their first and immediate question with your first line, even with your title. So you've tried everything. The painkillers are not working for your shoulder pain and you still can't sleep. Talk to me or but don't say you have calcific tendinitis of the shoulder because it sounds like something only robots will fix. So you're scaring them that way. They want to be they want to feel welcome. They want to know that someone knows exactly what they're going through, even though they're going to repeat it over and over, you know, yourself. But they want to know that someone knows what they're going through. And the first thing they're going to do, first of all, they will read a long copy about it if it resonates. That's the first thing. And the second thing, they're calling you right away because you know what they're going through. It's so easy. But people skip that part because they think what he thought is, well, I'm an expert in physical therapy. I can't write layman's copy. Sure you can because they are your audience. Your peers are not your audience. Do you know, do you understand? So that's that's just one of the examples. And then regarding the yeah. shoulder, you can still write 10 different articles about the painful shoulder. Like it can be one thing, can one title can be you can't sleep from shoulder pain. Oh, have you tried everything, even the painkillers, but the pain won't go away? So there's so many things. Or for example, one of his most regular patients was a single mom who has two kids, smaller kids, and she carries them everywhere. And so you can write an article that affects really moms and moms who take care of their children 24-7. So that way you will get another target audience like moms. You know, so that's the way you develop it over time. And you just, if you listen to your patients, if you listen to those details that they're re- even reluctant to say, or they will just say it at the end of the sentence, those are the things we need to focus on, you know? Yeah. You know, you've, you've mentioned the word audience multiple times. Yeah. And I think that's so important that, in my opinion, a- another mark of a really good writer is they can write for different kinds of audiences and they understand the importance of that. So the example you gave is perfect, right? You just like someone who is capable of writing, they're a pretty good writer, but they just didn't, they're used to writing for one audience, an audience of experts or professionals, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's, I I think it's, it's a very particular skill for a writer to be able to 
write the, on the same topic for a different audience, I mean, it, the article is going to come out very differently. Just the words you choose are going to be different. The way you write, the tone and the style is going to be very different. And that's not easy to do. I mean, I think that's like higher level stuff that really good writers can do. And it's crucial because if you're not writing appropriately for the right audience, then it's just not going to work. Exactly. Like he could write an article that's calcific tendonitis of the shoulder, but uh, then your audience are your peers. And then what you're looking for through your website is a collaboration, you know, maybe testing a new yeah. product, writing a blog for them, like a, like a guest writer or something like that. So in that case, sure, I'm all for calcific tendonitis of the shoulder. But if your audience are people that are going to come for you to cure them, Abandon, abandon all expert lingo. Right. That's just kind of a basic tenet of good writing, but you see this all the time in writing yeah. that's not so good, you know? So, so let, let's, final takeaway for our listeners, people who are struggling to find good writers, what's your advice for them? How, how, what should people be looking for when they're seeking out help with writing? Do you know... This is a, a double-edged sword. It's kind of a, a way to promote myself even. But you know that way on LinkedIn when they post comment, like all the people that teach you how to be good on LinkedIn, they say comment, 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 comment. Or they, they, they write, if you're going to send a connection request, send a message. First of all, the message is not always available because some people have premium, you know, in-mail messaging. So sometimes you can't even send a message. But they always give same advice. Hi, I saw you com your comment on his and his post and I liked it. I would like to expand my network, right? It's always the same advice. And all of the content creators on LinkedIn give the same freaking advice all the time. Do you know what I do? If I see someone that I want to connect with and they like my comment or they like my post, but we're not connected, I would send a connection request. And I would add a message. I saw you liked my post or comment. This, this is me reaching out so you never miss my future gems. Every single reaction is laughter. Every single person responded, ha, 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 Stella, that's a great one. Every single one. So I never, like, I never use the same phrase, obviously, but I always try to make a pun, fun introduction so people remember me and that's what that's what it is it's like the clutter the even linkedin is too cluttered with the same messages same program same agenda but you can feel when it's different you know you can feel it and i i can tell you because what they're supposed to be looking at is diversity like if if everyone if someone is posting all the time the same content and you see where it's going you know how it's going to finish just you know there's no point because probably that person wrote 10 different posts put them on schedule and just you know is not worrying about it but i i really take like Every single post takes me at least an hour. It, I'm ashamed to admit it because I'm a writer, but it's true. And what you should be on the lookout for is just, I don't know, it's just something that, you know, pops differently, that sticks in your mind. And the writers, this is also an advice for all the future writers out there. Find a way to stand out. It's so simple. It takes time. It took me six years, but... You can maybe take a smaller time, amount of time to do that if you follow correct guidelines. But just you can feel it when it's real and when it's not. 
And then time just shows you when it is. It's like when I told you when this influencer on LinkedIn was chatting with me. And when I said, oh, do you have time for a quick video call? And they were like, oh, but I charge those. It's like, you know, you know, right away, they're not going to be any help mm. if they're going to charge <laughs> for a 15 minute chat. So that kind of way, you just you need to think for yourself and don't take, you know, everything like, like there's a lot of lies on the internet as well. Just take everything with a grain of salt, you know, that that's my advice. That's the best advice I can give. Absolutely. So, well, I want to ask how people can connect with you. I think obviously you're on LinkedIn, right? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn probably 24 seven. And also through WhatsApp, I have a thingy on my webpage. I'm always available on WhatsApp. I answer messages 24 mm-hmm. seven because that's, you know, how it is for a solopreneur. I do everything myself. So I have to uh, stay in touch with everyone and email, just all my connection, all my ways to reach me are on LinkedIn. So it shouldn't be a problem if anyone is interested. Okay. Well, Stella, thank you so much for joining us on the show and for all your great insights into, you know, what it means to be a really good writer and and how people can find other people like you and find you as well. So thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-Versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.